Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to an all-new episode of July 31st edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Yesterday, the final day of exhibition mashups around the NHL. The Flyers, of course, started off the exhibition play with a 3-2 overtime win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. All teams now have their lone exhibition game done, and preparations for the top eight teams in each conference focus on the round-robin games and possibly... Uh, in the Flyers' case, improving their seedings, or for Boston, in their case, would be solidifying their number one seed. And for the other eight teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs, or at least the play-in game, uh, their battle in a best-of-five series to make the field of 16 begins tomorrow, if you can believe that. Uh, some com- really compelling matchups uh, throughout the NHL. We'll keep you updated on all the games around the NHL, both in the play-in rounds and the round-robin once they begin, as we've moved to a seven-day-a-week schedule here on Flyers Daily. So we're going to talk to Bill Meltzer in just a moment. Flyers with a complete off day uh, yesterday in the NHL. Every seven days they have to have a complete off day. Uh, That was yesterday. Not sure when it'll be next week, but just kind of looking ahead at a potential off day next week. The Flyers will play on Sunday. Imagine they'll practice on Monday, possible off day Tuesday, practice Wednesday, and then their second game of the round robin would be on Thursday, and they'll wrap up their round robin on Saturday. So uh, that's the possibility for their off day next week, but again, a complete off day yesterday for the Philadelphia Flyers. Life inside the bubble. When we heard from Scott Lawton in yesterday's episode, things seem to be going well. The food's good. And uh, sure, it's an adjustment for all the players and uh, obviously missing their families and some missing young children like Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, and others. Uh, But that being said, uh, all things considered, uh, the NHL is doing a heck of a job at uh, securing the bubble. All negative tests once again this week and the real games, the games with consequence, will get underway coming up tomorrow uh, for those 5 through 12 seeds in each conference. And for the Flyers, the playoffs will begin, the round of 16 at least, will begin coming up on August 11th. Let's get to my conversation right now with Bill Meltzer. You read his work on NHL.com, on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And he joins us now on Flyers Daily. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. And, uh, you know, I think the Flyers took an, an important first step the other night, too, in the first exhibition game. So let's go right into it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, let's start there, Bill. Let's start with the game that we saw the uh, the Flyers take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, first of all, it was a little sloppy. The passing was not crisp uh, initially. Uh, you know, it needed a little bit of time to get up some intensity. But you know, when you when you all things considered, it, it looked like get an NHL hockey game. I don't have a side by side comparison, but your thoughts on what you saw? Uh, I think I think overall, there's a lot more positives than negatives. You know, you. Uh, Flyers had the, the better start of the teams. They deserved to go to the first period, you know, leading uh, good first first admission rather leading. Um, you know, they got a gift at the end of the period with that turnover by Malkin that uh, Hayes quickly deposited in the net. But I thought the Flyers were the better team in that period. They they outshot them, outchanced them, out hit them. Um, you know, they uh, had their first PK of the game, and that was that they they killed off with authority. Um, go, going forward, they killed three penalties in that game, all with authority. Um, they only had one power play, but they did everything but score on that. Both units generated good looks, good chances. Um, the goaltending settled in nicely. I thought Carter Hart didn't look locked in very early. Not even so much the goal he gave up. He just didn't look you know, uh, uh, totally on top of his game. But he settled in fine, and he made the saves that he had to make. Uh, Brian Elliott looked, looked strong. 
in in the third period and onward. Got that beautiful overtime goal that just a just a gorgeous stretch pass, tape to tape from Konechny to Lawton, went in and scored. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of positive things you can take away from that game and, and build on. You know, going ahead to when the round robin starts. You know, one of the things like you wonder too, Bill, coming back after such a long time off, is are, are you gonna is your game gonna be there mentally? Are you gonna instinctually uh, know to do certain things? And and it's something it's it's a little thing in this game. And tell me if you agree, but this stuck out to me. It was an awareness by Jake Voracek that when the Flyers went on that power play at 10.05 of the second period, that they just changed their goalie. And Tristan Jari was coming into the game without warm-up, cold, and on a penalty kill. And it seemed like Jake Voracek was very aware of the fact that they just changed goalies and to try and put rubber on them. So Voracek, every time he got the puck, he was throwing it at the net. And Jari had to make a couple big saves, and he did. Um, But that awareness, that's hockey sense and awareness that tells me that they're there mentally where they need to be very early on in this process. I completely agree. And I thought there were times on the Pittsburgh side where it was lacking. And we, we talked about the, uh, the Malkin turnover. It was just a, that, that's a play you wouldn't see him make. I think once the game start counting again, it was just a, a play where he took a little mental holiday for a few seconds there and put the puck in a dangerous area. That, that's, you know, he's, he's a much better player than that, but even, even on the penalty kill where uh, where Michael Roffel knocked Malkin on his backside and was skated the puck right out of the zone, which embarrassed him a little bit. But, you know, I mean, Malkin in the third period looked more locked in. But the Flyers had definitely had, you know, that, that more more of that game awareness that you look for. Um, you know, there were a, a couple of situations where, you know, one-on-one, one-on-one rushes, the gaps were pretty good. I mean, especially for having gone so long without having played. I, there were just, just a lot of little things that you look at, a lot of those details that, that still need to get better. The passing certainly needs to get better. The stamina needs to get better. I mean, both teams looked like they were on tired legs by the third period. But when you go four and a half months without a game and you know you get in a couple of scrimmages, which is hardly the same thing as, as a game simulation, again, I think, I think about it went about as well as you could possibly want it to for the situation of what it was. Yeah, I think the players in that second period, they're looking up at the clock going, are you serious? We still got eight minutes to go in the second period? And then in the third period, you're going, there's still eight minutes to go in this game. Can that thing tick a little quicker to get us to the end of this thing? You're just kind of, you're fighting the clock a little bit because you're right, you're you're straining yourself now more than you have in a long time and after you get the, the first game or two out of the way. Um, Bill, um, let's talk about three of the defensemen in particular from this game. Well, I want to mention too, Ivan Provov over 26 minutes. Uh, no surprise there, Lane, you basically using him like he does in the regular season. But the three I want to talk about are, are Shane Gostas Bear, who said after the game, uh, he hasn't felt this healthy in two years, and he looks it. Uh, talk about Igor Zamula, who I thought fared very well, was not overwhelmed. And Mark Friedman, who continues to impress me, his skating and his just, you know, the, the moment's never too big for him. He never panics. He just sticks to his game, doesn't try and do too much. Uh, but And by doing that, he kind of does the right things. What did you see out of those three defensemen in the game? I thought I thought Ivan Provorov was outstanding in that game. Um, you know, just just his confidence on, on um, really all three zones. He was jumping into some rushes, you know, making confident plays with the puck. Um, was was really strong on, on the walls and and just making good decisions all night long. You know, the things you expect from Provorov when he's on. It's just that it's been that long layoff, and, and he looks like he's poised for a monstrous playoffs. Actually. Uh, Matt Niskanen said the same thing yesterday during during the media availability that uh, you know Provorov 
you know, Provo's a beast. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that bodes really, really well for the team. Uh, Ghost, I thought, played well also. Um, you know, he, he has his lateral skating back. He, he had a very good camp. It, it's going to be an interesting competition here. I think that, uh, you know, Robert Haig hasn't done anything to play himself out of the spot. But, you know, you're going to probably you know, come, come to some point in there where you might want an offensive spark. And there's competition between those two guys. And that, that's a healthy competition, too. And, you know, Ghost is, Ghost is making a scathe for himself. Um, we'll see how, you know, we'll see how uh, the rest of the, how the round robin side of it goes. But, I mean, I, I think that he, he gave a really strong accounting of himself. Um, and, and Friedman as well. You know, Friedman, uh, he, he's solid and steady. And, you know, I, I give Mark a world of credit as a guy who's had to change his game to a, a large scale as a pro. You know, if you go back to when Mark was at, at Bowling Green, he was an offensive defenseman, and really, what he had to work with was his was his play without the puck. That's what he had to work on, rather. And um, it was a, a pretty long process. That that whole first year was a big learning experience for him in the American Hockey League. And he got better the second year, and he got better this year too, to the point where, you know, when when he was called up to the NHL, he looked like he belonged. You know, played a much simpler game than than he than he played, and that that's a really important aspect, particularly this time of year. Um, Elaine Vigneault had, had said that too, that, uh, the teams that successfully keep things a little bit simpler, putting pucks in safe areas, not getting guys caught up the ice, having puck support, you know, those things, those are going to be the teams that are going to win in the early rounds because the, uh, the pretty plays probably are going to take some time to, you know, to snap in place in general, just given the, given the layout, but also the fact that, uh, you know, time and space in the ice as you get into the playoffs tends to be limited anyway. So, so the guys who, who make you know, who make smart plays with the puck, go to the right spots. Those are the guys who be able to make a contribution. Um, actually, today on the Flyers website, we did an article taking a look at uh, the Flyers' depth on D. They, they, the Flyers have as deep a group as they've taken in the playoffs, and you can go, you know, the, just in terms of pairing up a left shot and a right shot. You have a mix of veterans and, and young players. You have a mixture of uh skill sets you know you have guys that are a little more physical a little more shot blocking oriented you know the the robert like robert Haig or the more offensive minded guys you know i mean the, the blue line is deep enough this it was deep enough this season that last summer they signed andy walinski figuring he was going to get into some nhl games this year he had played i believe 20 some 23 24 something like that for the ducks last year in the nhl and had some previous playoff experience you know, if you, if you look at the depth chart, he's number ten or number nine, and so he's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's a you know, it's a really it's a really strong group. There's gonna there's almost always gonna be some attrition in the playoffs, and I, I think they have the pieces that can withstand. You know, if a guy or two goes down, obviously a guy like Provorov you can't replace if you lose him. A Niskin it would be hard to replace, but but if you lose a guy for a short period of time, they have some guys you can move in that could give you a solid game or two, and sometimes that just that one or two games. You know, contributing to a playoff run can really lift a team. So I, I, I really like how they how the blue line in general looks at this point. Yeah, you're not moving Sammy Kapanen back to play D because you have so much depth there. And then, and then you, then you couple that with with two undrafted uh, defensemen that you, and Phil Myers, who's already in your top four, and then Zamula as well. I mean, it's just the, 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 it's you got to use at some point. They'll have to use these guys as equity um, uh, to, in the trade market because you can't keep them all. Uh, and one thing, and then with a flat cap, Chuck Fletcher 
really allows himself some variance here with lower salaries of controlled players. So that's a, that's a great thing for them. Um, but when you look at the game and they get the 3-2 win and, and the result really doesn't matter. Um, but the way the game played out, I think, does. And as I look around the league, Bill, I see some games where I go, OK, the result doesn't matter. But the process of that result does matter. Um, the one game that sticks out to me is Florida, who looked, in my opinion, uh, really overwhelmed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I, I I saw that too. I saw a team that 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 uh, looked like they they felt they didn't belong in the same ice. I saw that also, you know, to a maybe to a lesser degree, but in the uh, Montreal against Toronto game, where yeah, they, it looked like Montreal didn't want to be there. It they really really didn't. You know, they they never felt like even when it was one to nothing for quite a while, they you, you never got a feeling they they felt like they could climb back into it. You know, and and uh, six power plays and they gave up two goals. Yeah, yeah, two shorties. I mean, come on. Um, the the other one uh, game that kind of stuck out to me um, was the Ranger game. Now they end up losing the game two to one. Shesterkin plays uh, starts the game for the Rangers. Lundqvist comes in. Uh, Grice comes in for relief uh, with the Isles. Um, are the Isles a team, in your opinion, that should scare some teams? Uh, are they a team that gets out of the the play in round? In your opinion, when you look at the Isles, I'll never count out a Barry Trotz team. Yeah, he can, you know, he can get the maximum out of matchups and, you know, his teams tend to play the right way. They, they've been, you know, last year they were really more than the sum of their parts. This year they had they had more ups and downs, um, you know, than they did a, a year ago. Uh, I, I I think they're a team that could be in some trouble in, in the play in round. But again, I would never count out a Barry Trotz team. Yeah. Um, is there any other teams that you saw that made you like you see what Chicago did to St. Louis? And again, it's not that they lost that St. Louis lost the game. It was the manner in which they lost the game. The intensity level was way higher for a Chicago team that gets the uh, the split shutout with Corey Crawford and Malcolm Subban. Uh, then then, you know, St. Louis kind of came to the table with there's or St. Louis. One of those teams knows that, you know, when in the games that matter, they'll be there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that as the defending champs and as the the best team in the West, that you know, and especially with their experience from last year of being where they were midseason and then going on and, and winning the Stanley Cup, I don't think there's any panic on their side. Uh, on the flip side, I, I think that it's it's a little tough right now for uh, the teams that are that won the conference, won their division, and now they're playing for for seeding. It's a, it's a little bit of they have they have to find their footing again. I mean. Um, you know, with you know, like like with Boston missing Pasternak, I, it doesn't look like Kasha is going to be available to them. You know, it, it's uh, and he was a big acquisition for them late in the season. But there, there's so much talent there that that I think that when the bell rings, those teams will answer it. But you know, but I also think that you run you run into a team that's playing with with house money and no pressure on it. I mean, in, in the round robin, the four seeds like the, the Flyers in the East kind of are in that situation where you can only move up. As long as you, you know, as long as you approach it as an opportunity and, and treat it that way, I, I think that uh, the teams that are just fighting to hold the spot that they have, I think they were a little bit of a disadvantage, truthfully. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, last thing, Bill, um, you watch the games on TV, not just the Flyers-Penguins game, but you've been watching it all like me. I've been going uh, on overload, and it's been fantastic. Um, how, what's your impressions of how uh, the broadcasts have come off? Well, we haven't seen all the bells and whistles yet. They're going to really throw everything at us coming up this weekend uh, on Saturday and uh, Sunday for the Flyers when they take on the Bruins. We'll see the full Monty of what they have planned. 
it's been a bit of a soft launch, if you will, from the NHL and all the bells and whistles and camera views that we'll see. Uh, but your impressions of the of the piped in crowd noise from the EA Sports Library and also uh, kind of the way the games have looked. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't found the uh, the crowd noise to be obtrusive or distracting. It, it's uh, we'll we'll see how the, you know when they when they add the other elements in to, to try to to try to create a little bit more of a, a home ice feel. Um, you know, even little things like the more localized ads on the dashboards. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Um, I you know instead of row after row of empty seats, they have the, the tarps, and I think the tarps are attractive. But certainly much better than just an empty building. An empty building would just just look awful so it, it's it, it like adds, a studio right <laughs> yeah it does it does it does look more like a studio but uh, but uh, you know but, uh, but when you see you know to me like when you when i've watched some of the baseball games you know and you see i mean they have the cardboard cutouts behind the plate and whatever but a ball is hidden you know hit down the first baseline and you just see nothing but empty seats you know and you hear you hear the crowd noise and you, you you're you know you just remember hey there's there's nobody here you know i i've found you know i found that a little more distracting i thought i thought the nhl you know, mix the sound at about the right level. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I liked it. I thought that, you know, I thought that given what it is, um, you, listen, you know, it, it's, you're never going to, you're never going to recreate the real atmosphere, you know, particularly in a place like Toronto where it's, you know, where it's nuts, especially playoff time, you know, it's just, it's never going to be, it's never going to be what it would be in, in, in a full building or, or like the Wells Fargo center, you know, the, the, how loud it gets and, you know, it's just it's just a different thing. But I think for, I think for what it is, you know, I, I thought that I think that so far it's off to a pretty good start from a visual side and just just a you know just a, an experience of watching it. I mean, I I think I think before too long the the novelty of it wears off a little bit and you get used to seeing the that studio look to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, that as you go in, it becomes more and more about the games anyway. Well, I think the NHL was listening to Flyers Daily at my suggestions that you just. To, for motivation with no crowd to motivate players, you just stick the cup in between the benches and kind of encase it in glass. Well, they've, they've encased Bush in that glass, first of all. Yeah. But I love the touch of putting the cup at center ice instead of no hometown logo. Yeah. Uh, that looks awesome to me. And it's a reminder to every one of those players every time you look down at the ice uh, at yeah. the center ice circle that that's what you're playing for. You're playing for that cup. So uh, there's the motivation enough. So apparently they were listening to the podcast, which is always great. <laughs> Uh, Bill, thanks for doing this. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun coming up on Sundays. The Flyers will take on the Bruins, and all the action will heat up. Man, we got a lot of best of five starting on uh, on Saturday as well. A weekend of hockey, which is going to be tremendous. Thanks for doing this, and we'll be definitely uh, reading your stuff on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and NHL.com and Hockey Buzz as well. Thanks. Yeah, well done, man. Talk to you soon. Special thanks to Bill Meltzer for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, which is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Philadelphia Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho. All new episode, a Saturday episode coming up tomorrow. We'll kick off the month of August with a brand new Flyers Daily. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening and stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily.
You'll be 